Let's all go to the lobby. 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 To get ourselves a treat. Hello everyone and welcome back to Cinema Shakedown, a weekly podcast that functions as a grab bag for all things film. I'm your host, Kyle Craigbaum. And I'm your other host, Jordan Dennis. This week we will be discussing three new releases. The fifth entry of the hit horror franchise, The Purge, yeah, entitled The Forever Purge. The hit or miss franchise, I like. <laughs> the new Steven Soderbergh crime film, No Sudden Move. And the first film based on a Twitter thread, Zola. Before we get into all that, how you doing, Jordan? I'm okay. I think I got a little salt from the bag of chips I just ate in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Accidentally. Those damn kettle cooked ways will get you. <laughs> get your ass, dude. Um, other than that, yeah, I'm doing okay. Still a little under the weather. This is, I, don't, I don't know if it's allergies or a sinus infection, but it is spin kicking my ass right now. Um, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good. That's good. We've watched a lot of movies this a week. Lot a lot of movies. All the this Purge week. movies and then all the new releases. We did not get a chance to see The Tomorrow War. Or Boss Baby 2. I know people were graciously so excited awaiting. for both of those. So we're, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, you know. But uh, unfortunately, we did not get to those. We did not get to it. A movie I did watch this week that we are not going to devote a whole segment to was the first part of the Fear Street trilogy on Netflix. Mm. Uh, based on Arl Stein books. Is that 1994? 1994, yes. It's so It concerns... This like it's it's like your typical like eighty or I guess nineties like horror setup. Like there's this town, people are kind of like going crazy, and there's like killings like all the time in this town. Like this town is like known for it, and everyone's like, oh, just another tragedy. And in, in, I think it's called like Shady. It's called like Shadyville or something. Like the most like conspicuous fucking town name ever. Um, and basically, this like this group of precocious teens get together and they discover that. The town was cursed by a witch, okay. and that's kind of slight spoilers, I guess. But that's that's kind of what's um, causing the the hijinks and the antics here. Really gnarly kills, really violent for like a more I guess kid friendly uh, marketed movie. Um, it's it's not it's scary like I don't know. It, it feels like Diet Stranger things that a lot of times like it would scare like kids. But I mean, you know, as as an adult, it's just kind of like a fun, like nice throwback. So it's an R-rated horror film for teenagers. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. it's it's a lot of fun. Good like popcorn movie. I'd give it like uh, like a six and a half. I the only film that I watched not for our podcast was I rewatched Spider Verse for the seventh time. So goddamn good. It's a perfect movie. Yeah, one hundred percent. Not a single wasted second or frame. Jumping around and shit, spinning webs. On God, ten out of ten. It's it's a perfect it's good movie. shit. I completely agree. Absolutely. Um, I guess with that, we're, we don't have any tens this week. <laughs> no, we certainly Spoiler don't. Spoiler alert. I guess um, you want to start with the purge? Let's start. So, so uh, my experience uh, prior to this week, I had seen three out of the four previous ones. Jordan had seen none of them. So we decided to do a, a little watch. A little research to get caught up. Uh, we watched all four previous ones. We're not going to devote a long time to them. We can briefly yeah, we'll just, we'll, mention we'll, we'll them. We'll breeze over these. This franchise 
is not great. Mostly bad, I would say. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like, yes. like for, for the most part. So, you get the first one, which is basically just a home invasion film. Very Ethan like, by the numbers. Good cast with sure. Ethan Hawke and Lena Um This is honestly, this was my favorite one. Yeah. Um, before. It's the least pretentious. That's why I, that's why I think it was my oh, favorite it's one. The, it's the least like it's, preachy. It's the least convoluted. Yeah. It's the most simple. It's the simplest. It's it's dumb, but it's simple. It's a simple kind of dumb. And there's some good kills near the end, some fun stuff. Yeah, Ethan Hawke acts as a dude in the back. I still think the funniest bit in the movie is when the villain shows up for the first time and takes off that creepy mask, and he's and the mask is literally just a replica of his face. Yeah. Like what the fuck were you wearing the mask for, dog? If you already look like that. Yeah. Um. It's not, like, a great movie or anything, no, it's, it's, but it's fine. It's okay. It's fine. Five and a half. Like a five, sure. Yeah. yeah. And then you get to the sequel, where they listened to the kind of complaints about the first one and decided to expand, expand it. it. Uh, so it's, like, Frank Grillo is our main character, and he has to protect a group of people kinda, outside. Kinda shepherds this cast. And they're, like, outside during the purge. This one was my favorite before. Um, This was... I just, I struggled to remember anything about it. See, this one is the one I remember, this is the only one I remember being actually engaged for. Yeah. And like actually like coming in and being like, oh, that was kind of cool. And plus the climax is awesome with the, uh, that's a cool, the, that, they, they get like auctioned off to the rich people at the end. And, and this is the first one where it really, really leans into the political satire angle. Anytime. Yeah. The, the problem is it's such shallow. Oh yeah. It's so it's bad satire. Um, but every, anytime it's focusing on just Frank Grillo murking people, yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. Um, the cast is fine. The characters are boring, and it's not like a particularly. The first four movies are not like well shot, no, well they, edited. They well, they don't. They feel like TV movies almost. Yeah. Um. A five out of ten for this. I'd one? give this one a five and a half. Okay, so we're like, like flip flop. It's, it's whatever. And then we get both to, mediocre. And then we get to three, which is when it really starts to suck. Um, three's the uh, three's the weirdest. Three is weird as fuck. Um, that weirdness is not well executed. No, but it is. It is the weirdest. Um, there's a CG helicopter in this movie that made me laugh really hard. This one is, uh, it's like a senator, mm -hmm. totally not Hillary Clinton, who's trying to go to Washington and, uh, stop the purge and stuff, and so the, the founding fathers or whatever are trying to stop her, and Frank Grillo is the head of her security detail. Can we mention the weird, like, timeline thing we figured out while so watching like, the movies? So, like, it starts off... And it's like during the purge, and the senator's tied up, and her family, uh, and her family ends up getting murdered. A lot of them, I think. And um, then it jumps 16, 18 years later, something like that. Something like I think it's eighteen. Yeah. Eighteen years later, and Frank Grillo is the same age. And I was confused at first, and Jordan was like, "No, the for the flashback must have been like years you know, ago, yeah, years ago." No, no, no. Like, the the flashback was taking place during, like, around the time of the Purge Anarchy, and what we're seeing now is 18 years later, so, so Frank, Frank Grillo is aged 20 years and looks the same. looks the exact same. I guess if he was pushing 30 in Anarchy... But why didn't they just make that... There's no reason to make that flashback not... I feel like these movies, when often faced with a decision, yeah. will always pick the, pick dumbest, the dumbest choice. 
This movie is really dumb. So like, dumb. this is the one where everyone, every side character starts acting like a cartoon. Yeah. Like, every villain's like, get them, get that cunt. There's like, the, they, the... they say cocksucker, like, is this the one? Yeah, I'm thinking, yeah. They, yeah, they yeah, say yeah. cocksucker, like, seven times in uh, the script. There's the, the, the shop owner. Yeah. Uh, and, like, his friend. Um, I'm, I'm trying to remember, like, the cast of, of, of kind of... Uh, of this one. The girl from Get Out? Yeah. Yeah! Oh, wait, it was, is that the next one? That's the yeah. next one. No. Is it? No, no. I'm no, getting that... the plots of the Purge movies mixed up. Are yeah. you sure that's... Yeah, yeah, because the first Purge is... Just oh, yeah, that's like, that's like a gang movie or yeah, whatever. Yeah, This one, yeah. And then you get, um... Who fucking cares? Yeah, who fucking cares? It's a fucking... Um, this movie's dumb. The CG is hilariously bad. Yeah. This is when it really starts to look like shit. There's yeah. a kind of cool fight in the parking garage at the end. Sure. The, the villain, one of the main villains is literally a skinhead. These movies have no subtlety. I fucking, it sucks. Four when, out of ten. Sure, four, whatever. Um, and then we get to the first Purge. <laughs> where we go back and we see how the Purge started. It's like an experiment just happening on Staten Island. Yeah, it's like... Um, it's... And, people, and people like sign up for it, like... Um, they get $5,000 to stay in Staten Island for the night and more to participate. Yeah. Um, this movie is real bad. Um, this movie's not very I bad. don't mean this slightly. It's yeah. one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I wouldn't go that far. You hated it more than me. It's real bad. You hated it more than me. This movie is very bad. It's... At every opportunity, just... Every wrong choice is made. The dialogue is fucking abysmal. Yeah. The acting is shit across the board, save for the, the main guy from okay. the first Purge. Yeah. Uh, he's pretty good. He's, um, he's, the, he's the only one that, like, shows potential. Yes. Um, the villain's name is Skeletor. <laughs> fucking hilarious. Every time he shows up, I pipe up. <coughs> his, his acting is so over the top. Just ridiculous. The villain's name is Skeletor. Like, need we say any more than that? Uh, like, um... And, like, it'll be, like, a really serious scene of, like, mobster, like, crime. And then they'll cut the Skeletor, like, oh, Dude, oh, like, oh, like, doing his fucking... Every like, crazy person in the Purge movies is like, oh, oh they're all the Joker! Oh, I'm the Joker, baby! <laughs> um... Yeah, this one sucks. It's real bad. And, like, it just keeps going. Oh, it never fucking ends. This movie Marissa is Tomei's there for, like... Five minutes just to spit exposition and then die. Sorry, her stunt double dies. This movie is only 95 minutes long. and it feels, I felt like we watched it for days. It becomes like Die Hard in the last 15 minutes. But like a really bad Die Hard. And then there's a big CG explosion. And then it ends with Kendrick Lamar's Alright. Uh, point 0.5. Point 0.5 out of 10. Point 0.5? This movie sucks. Point it's yeah. awful. It's ass. It has zero redeeming qualities. It's than you gave Last Airbender. Holy shit. I would rather watch The Last Airbender again than The First Purge. Um, I would not go that far. 2.7. A 2.7? Are you out of your goddamn mind, Kyle? Out of 10? I'm looking for a new host for the Cinema Shakedown podcast. 2.7 out of 10? It's ass. It sucks. 2.7 is too generous. I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> um, and then we get the new one. It just came out. It's called The Forever Purge. Felt like we watched it forever. This one didn't feel Yeah, this one was well. okay. Um, so, so the you know, give us a plot synopsis of, of this one. Okay, so... <laughs> 
fuck. Um, so there's, it's like the purge. Okay, so in the purge election year, yeah. Hillary Clinton is voted into office, immediately removes the purge, and then this movie expects us to believe that she is almost immediately voted out, and the purge is instated right after that. So the purge election year was meaningless, on top of also being bad. So the purge is back. Yeah. And this concerns, uh, the movie opens, uh, it's the, uh, uh, spoilers, spoilers for the forever, spoilers for all these, you know, you know how we do this. Um, it starts with a man and a woman, a Mexican man and a woman. The opening is them crossing the border into America. Um, he ends up working on a ranch for this like wealthy rancher family and stuff. And, you know, they're kind of. You know, going about going about their lives and whatnot. You know, he's he kind of has some tension with the uh, the son of the family who kind of runs the ranch because he's a little racist. Um, and so the purge happens. Uh, they they kind of lock up for the night. Everything kind of goes smoothly. You know, not not a not a not any big turnovers. But then the other ranch hand shows up in like his uh, his his uh, McCree outfit from Overwatch kind of hijacks the ranch and that is the big like reveal and announcement that uh a bunch of people got together and coordinated uh the ever after purge i believe is what they call it like in the movie weird that they don't call it the forever purge um but yeah so it is so it turns out a bunch of people have now just decided to do regular crimes on ever on you know other days and so the uh, purge purification force he, is what they're called. He offs. The, well, they 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 fucking call the event like the ever after yes. purge. Like yeah, it, like it's a, saying ever after. Like it's a yeah. fucking fairy tale. Um, the the other ranch hand, Kurt, what is his name? I think he offs the fucking dad from the ranch of the ranchers, but they manage to escape. Uh, Juan is the name of the main guy, right? Uh, yes. He helps the family escape. They meet up with his uh his wife or girlfriend, and they have to uh. Get to the... Uh, Mexico has opened its borders for a little bit because everything's going to shit. And so it becomes like a race against time for them to get to the border before it closes. Yeah. 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 That, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much the so plot summary. Uh, this is the best one. I have no idea how. I remember when we watched the trailer for the first time and both looked at each other and was like, this is going to be shit. If we do a, an award at the end of the year, worst trailer, this might win. Like, this, that trailer did this movie so dirty. It so is, dirty. It's so horribly edited. It is... Not bad. It's 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 pretty good in terms of like in terms of purge movies. It's a masterpiece. It's, yeah, it makes it fuck. The other ones make this one look like Citizen Kane. But I mean, like it's competently edited. It's competently shot. It looks and feels like a movie, which is more than I could say for some of the other ones. Yeah, like it's still. If we're getting our negatives out of the way yeah. now, it's dumb. It's dumb as shit. There's no subtlety to no, the, the, the messaging. The political satire is still... Some of the supporting performances still suck. Yeah. Some of the dialogue is still bad. But the contextualization of it all is kind of different. This movie kind of presents itself more as like a big dopey grindhouse film yeah. rather than like a, a cool, like edgy political thriller. Yeah. Like this one kind of leans into the stupid a little bit more and I think it benefits because of it. Like it makes the experience just more fun. Yeah. I think that's the biggest problem with the other Purge movies. They're just not fun. This one focuses, there's a lot more gnarly Yeah, a lot kills. of violence. The, the 
You see it in the trailer when she gets into that cage trap with the fucking nail coming down to her head. She ends up getting out of it and puts one of the dudes in the, the bunny masks in there. Just, oh, yeah. Fucking gnarly. There's some, yeah, there's some good kills in this. It's... The the main cast is all really good, actually. Yeah. Uh, the guy who plays Juan is great. Uh, I forget the name of the character, but the, the is it Josh Lucas who plays him? Josh Lucas plays Dylan. Dylan. He He's really good. <laughs> what did I say? He's like if, uh, he's like if Ralph Innocent was born in Texas. <laughs> I just all I remember friggin um all I remember Josh Lucas from is fucking Hulk Ang Lee's Hulk oh my god who's, who's he he's Ang the Lee's fucking Hulk? he's the vil, he's the douche that just comes oh by oh my god to annoy the Hulk <laughs> and then he blows up in that comically like explosion where he's like the cartoon cutout <laughs> we gotta we gotta talk about Ang Lee's <coughs> Hulk sometime what a trip weird movie um, um but this movie actually had pacing. Yeah, and like, like there's a nice like, like urgency to like the when plot. They do, when they do like, you have to get to the border. It's closing in four hours. It starts a ticking clock. So they have like, to, they have an actual like goal to get to. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. This one. This one is solid. There's like. There's like a cool one take. There's a one-er action sequence at, at some point when they're like moving through the city and stuff. Uh, there's a villain who kind of comes in towards the third act who's not great, but no. at least. Gives them something to fight. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, this one is this one's not terrible. Like it, there's even character. Yeah, like, there's like there's like themes that are well realized and explored. Like as far as like grind, I was entertained in yeah. like a big, big shitty like B movie kind of way. Yeah, yeah, I would I would get drunk and watch this with friends. Sure. I didn't think it was bad, and I really expected this to be one of the worst films of the year. Biggest surprise of the year, this side of the Snyder Cut. Maybe. Because First Purge is one of my least favorite films of 2018, and this I expect this to just fall right in First Purge is one of my least favorite films ever, so yeah. yeah. It's probably I, your worst film of 2018. It might be. It, well, I saw Show Dogs. Yeah. Watch Wrinkle in Time. It's pretty bad. <laughs> I doubt it could be worse than Show Dogs or First Purge. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> another, another discussion for another podcast. Um... I, I pretty much said my piece with this one. Not not a whole lot to say. It's no. it's, it's a very it's a solid, competent little B movie grindhouse horror action. Yeah. If that sounds like your thing, if you're a fan of the Purge movies, I would definitely say check it out. Yeah. And if you're not a fan of the Purge movies, I would say even check it out. I think I think this one might surprise you. Um, I'll go right at a six. I can barely get. I can just barely this, scrape. This is like six. the definition of a six. Like just a like light six. Like it's just. It just is. And that's all it needs to be. That's I'm, all it's trying to I'm be. I'm feeling a strong five to a light six on this. <laughs> okay, Fantano. Um, Transition? Ah, uh, friggin'. What was it? I was gonna mention something. Oh! This one maybe has the worst jump scares of all of the Oh, movies. yeah. Oh, and the ADR sucks. Ooh, there's a couple shots where someone is talking and we were like, no. No, you are no, not no, talking. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, but other than that. Other than that, it's all right. And uh, let's jump into our second film. Um, no Sudden Move. No Sudden Move, the newest film from acclaimed director Steven Soderbergh. Who I will admit is a bit of a blind spot for me. I've only ever seen the first Oceans. I've seen, um, I have seen Contagion and, and Unsane. So and I'm, Magic Mike. And Magic Mike. So I've seen a couple, but I've still missed a lot of the big ones. Yeah. And uh, this is his return to the crime genre. He it's kind of really a likes, kind of a uh, noir 
sort of it, it reminds it reminded me a lot of L.A. Noir actually just kind of like the way it like mm-hmm. presents itself it's very like quiet and um so this one this it revolves around uh two main characters you get Don Cheadle who plays uh Kurt Goy Goyer Goyne Goynes Goyes Goyes I don't know how to pronounce Let it me see. it's G-O-Y-N-E-S Goins. Goins. Kurt Goins. Kurt Goins. And then Benicio Del Toro plays uh, Ronald Rousseau. Yes. And there are two criminals who are both approached by Brendan Fraser as uh, Doug Jones. Yes, he is kind of this, like, like fixer, enforcer type. And they're and like, like, hey, I got a job for you. They're like, um, basically... They're criminals. They're, they're, they're criminals. They're criminals and they're like, fire. you got to babysit this family while we, while we take the husband to do something. Yeah. And you will get paid. Everything will go good. Kind of fishy, a little. And then... Immediately sus. Everything, and then... Like, everything goes... Everything goes wrong, and it's basically them trying to um, catch the bag. Basically, they fumbled the bag, and now they're trying to catch it. Yeah. Um, that's like a really simple way to... Because yeah. it's pretty convoluted. At yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get into spoilers here in a sec. What would you think, though? I like this movie. Yeah. I think it's a it's a sturdy, very simple... Boilerplate, yeah. Um... With, that is elevated by an exceptional cast. So well acted. The family, like the family that they have to watch, the husband is played by David Harbour. Who's great. Who I thought was playing great. really against type. He's playing like an office dweeb. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, really, like, really, like, really bookish like, and erotic. Like. Um, and then like, yeah, again, Brendan Fraser's return. Yeah, he's awesome. really good. Ray Liotta's You still gotta check out Doom Patrol, man. Doom yeah. Patrol's awesome. Brendan Fraser's great. Man. Eventually, like, the cops come after him, and John Hamm is a lead yeah. detective. He's great. Ray Liotta's one of, like, the he's, mobsters. He's like the mob boss. Oh, Bill Duke shows up. Kieran Culkin's in it for a minute. Yeah, he's no, it's awesome. Surprise Matt Damon cameo. Julia Fox is the weakest actress in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um... But, like, the cast is astounding. And Astounding. Like you said, the score. Oh, David Holmes knocks it out of the park here. That was the part that really reminded me of L.A. Noir. Just, like, those, like, very minimal, like, 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 kind of, uh, kind of atmospheric, like, 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 jazzy stuff a little bit. It's and very... he works with, with Soderbergh. Yeah, yeah, he did all the Ocean movies. All the movies. Ocean films. Yeah. Which also have great scores. Oh, wow, I didn't realize that Soderbergh cinema, did the cinematography and edited this movie. Oh, shit. It's really well shot and edited. It is. Um, he does this unique thing where most, a lot of it is shot using a fisheye lens, yeah. where everything on each side is is curved or stretched. Yeah, it took me a while to get used to. I, I actually didn't notice it at first. It was really, really at first, like the shots of just Don Cheadle walking. That I, it was disorienting. I didn't notice that it was like I, I get first, and then I kind of forgot about it, and then it came back, and I was like, oh, oh, the whole movie's been like this. Yeah. It's just, it was a bit disoriented yeah. for me. I kind of get why you, you did it. You get used to it after a while. It does, it gives it a unique look. Yeah. Um, um, and yeah, like. So after, so they're, so, okay. So David Harbour, they, they need to get to him because he has access to a safe that apparently has the code book for a mob boss in it. It has like all of his deals, all of his, uh transactions and stuff so if anyone gets their hands on it they basically have leverage over everyone in the crime world so they have to get this back uh it turns out when they get when kieran culkin takes david harbour to uh the office and benito del toro and don Cheadle are holding uh david harbour's family they get there 
There's no fucking book there. Eventually, you find out that Don Cheadle's had it this whole time. He's he's been he's been had it he's had it for safekeeping, and so from there they kind of use that position that they try they kind of concoct the scheme to get as much money out of the out of the situation as possible by duping basically all the big crime bosses that are after them, being Bill Duke and Ray Liotta are like the two big main ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, yeah. Like, again, it's very simple. It's just told in a way that's, like, really, like... I, I was a bit lost at a point. It, not, it, not lost. It just... It doesn't underestimate its audience's intelligence. Like, it, it, it trusts... And it, that's just a Soderbergh It thing. trusts you to follow along. I, I don't know if I found it hard to follow along. I just... I, I guess I, I kept having to be like, wait, why are we here? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, was, I, I kept having to remind myself... Like why things were. It happening. was mainly in the um in the first fifteen minutes. They they all the characters are talking and they're just saying the names of these mob bosses. I'm like, wait, it's wait, like, wait, 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 what's what's going on? Who is? It, it has its own like internal like lore and logic that like it expects you to kind of get on board with real fast. Right. Um. But like I started to like get a gra- as soon as they like started the like the hostage situation. Yeah, I started yeah, yeah. To, uh, That's when the movie really starts to pick up. Um. It's it's a dark comedy for sure. There's yeah. there's a lot of moments of like subtle. There's a, I, don't, there, I don't know if I'd call it a comedy. I'd say there's moments it's of a, dark. It's, comedy. it's a crime thriller with funny moments. Yes. There, the moment where after uh, Kieran Culkin gets shot mm-hmm. and they're passing the phone to like everyone yeah, passing yeah, the phone like just put him on the fucking phone. That was really funny. to that me. That was really good. Uh the bit where they're at um David Harbour's boss's house. Uh, and David Harbour's like, I'm going to have to punch you, sir. And Benicio del Toro puts the the sheet over the, the, sheet wife. Over the wife. Yeah, no, there's there's definitely very funny moments. Um, one thing I'll say about this one is I didn't think the violence had the impact for me that it's very I like it to. real and like blunt. Like it's very matter of fact. Like there's yeah. no like flashiness or real like yeah. punch to it. There's no like cinematic quality to it. Like you get shot, you fall over and die. Yeah, which I guess on. In in one case, I appreciate that yes. it's just kind of like real. Like um, another movie that uh, the Irishman. Uh, whenever someone died in that, like there's the bit where he shoots uh, Al Pacino and he just kind of falls over limp. Like and it's like a weird like it's like behind a corner and like it's weirdly framed. The violence in this kind of reminds me of that. Mm-hmm. Like it's just so like matter of fact and just oh shit, Brendan Fraser's dead now. I guess. Thanks for spoiling the Irishman for me. Oh. <laughs> Oh, whoops. I, I, I thought you'd seen it. You haven't seen The Irishman yet? No. Kyle, watch the fucking Irishman. Um, uh, but... Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. But, spoiler alert. Jimmy Hoffa goes missing. Spoiler alert. I like, didn't even know who he, I didn't know who he played or anything. Oh, my God. I know nothing about I that. I can't believe you haven't seen it yet. Um, you want to watch The Irishman later? Sure. Um, but, yeah. I didn't say who shoots. Shut up. <laughs> um, so we, um... So yeah, yeah. The, I agree with you. The violence, like, it's very blunt. And, yeah. But like, for some reason, it just wasn't having. The, and I guess my main issue with this film, yeah, is like if you put this movie on a plot graph, you can totally see like yeah, the rising yeah, yeah. action, the fall. But there's not really a separation between the acts because the just energy, kinda, it, the energy never like it just kind of goes. Like like by the time we hit the climax, I was like, oh, that was that was the end. Like, that's, like oh, Shemad Damon, because, what are you because doing Because it here? didn't really like. You, there wasn't like a swell or no, a build. No, it doesn't. Which I think was intentional. Yeah. I just don't know if I loved that stuff. Uh, yeah, no, I know. I agree. I think there was definitely 
an intention in structuring the story that way. I, yeah, I just don't know if it was for me. I think um, I had a point to make. I completely forgot what it was. What did I say earlier was uh, was my issue with this movie? I texted you about it. You said that um, they're a low energy. Like Yeah, there's just... The urgency isn't there. I don't know. This movie's like very low-key and laid back, and it's like... I don't know. I think it could have used a little bit more explosiveness to the to the like if the plot felt like it was moving a little bit more, then maybe the no act structure kind of would have felt a little bit better paced. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like everyone's just kind of dragging their feet with everything happening in this movie, and it's like, guys, we got shit to do. Like people are gonna die here. Yeah, you know what I mean. But like, like, and 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 again, like. I don't know, I guess it never really goes above and beyond in terms of, like, crime thrillers, but in terms of, like, really solid, really well-made, terrifically acted, just, like, I don't know, like, this this would be your dad's favorite movie. Like, like Soderbergh, even, like, when he's not firing on all of a he's, like, a solid filmmaker. Yeah, for sure. Like, the dude makes, a, makes good movies. And I respect that he's a dude who will just make whatever the fuck he wants. That's what I'm saying. The, his choice to shoot this on fisheye, I was thinking, I was like, he just does weird he just shit. He does whatever he'll, like, he'll he wants. He'll shoot a movie on an iPhone. If he wants to. Which he's done yeah, twice he's, now. Yeah, he's fucking, yeah, he, do, he does not give a fuck. Um, and then he'll make a movie with a porn star. He did that one with, with Sasha Gray. Oh, yeah. Ex- exper- experience. Something like that. But, um, he's just a weird filmmaker and I appreciate. I, I respect Steven Soderbergh. Um. I, I know think- you're listening right now, so I, I know that means a lot. I think that's all I got to say about this one. Yeah, it's that's not really. That's pretty much. That's pretty it's much. It's on HBO Max. On HBO Max, if you want to check it out, if you're looking for a little a like, crime like, film, like rainy Sunday crime film to throw on, this one's pretty good. No sudden move. Seven point three. Yeah, I think I'm. At, I think I'm right on the mark with that. Seven point three. So our next movie up is Zola, the uh, the the stripper epic. The stripper epic based on a Twitter thread. I vaguely remember the Twitter thread going viral a few years ago. I think I started it. I don't think I ever finished it, which is good because the story gets fucking wild. It gets certainly wild. So I'm glad I didn't have anything spoiled for me beforehand. But uh, um, yeah, do you want to do you want to give a uh, sure? A bleep, so bleep, this bleep film uh, this film was directed by a a woman named. Janixa Bravo, I believe is how you pronounce it. We're so um, sorry. And so basically, it's the story of this girl named Zola. Yes. She's a waitress at a restaurant. Yes. And one day, she is serving a another girl named Stephanie, who, who comes in <laughs> this very white trash um, kind of... Kind of like, like culture vulture. Culture like, vulture like, girl. Like, and they kind of hit it off. They like go to a club and do and strip yeah. one night because they're both they both they're are both athletic and yeah, both yeah, dancers. Yeah. And and kind of Stephanie ropes Zola into going on a road trip across the country to like a much nicer strip club. They, they, yeah, they she convinces her to go down to Florida. to Florida to make to make a lot of money. Yeah, and shit spirals into chaos. She she tells Stephanie tells her that her roommate, quote unquote, her boyfriend are coming. Uh, Spoilers: It turns out that her roommate is her pimp. Yeah, and that Zola has been roped into a bit of a bit of a prostitution pickle, if you ask me. Yep, absolutely. That's the that's that's basically the plot. What do you think? This is a good movie. Yeah, Um, this is really good. It's 
like you've described with a lot of movies, it's more vibe than movie. Yeah, yes, it, it is. It, it uh, definitely fits in that category. It just um, kind of, it kind of just takes you on this journey. Doesn't really expect you. There's to, not like a plot no, per se. Not, really. not a lot of urgency. It it. It kind of does what No Sudden Move tried to do a little bit. Like, a little bit better. Like, it just kind of, like, takes you on this ride and you get on the wavelength pretty easy. Like, it's a pretty... For for the movie being as weird as it is, it's surprisingly accessible. Like, you could really just throw this on on, like, a hot, like, afternoon one day. But, yeah, I this think, is I like... I think one of the main um, selling points of this film is it's really unique. Yeah. Like, the way it's shot, it's very dreamy mm-hmm. and like kind of hazy. Kind of creates this like fantasy look. Every the score like uses like Twitter notification sounds and very in it and synth shit. heavy. Yeah. Um. And like yeah, like that score combined with like every time they like travel places, there'll be like long shots of like the car or uh-huh. like haze and fog, it's, and it's very dreamy. It is. It's very very dreamy. Um. um the main four of the cast are great. Who are really Taylor the- Taylor Page plays Zola. Riley Keogh plays uh, Stephanie. Riley Keogh, I think, is the standout here. She, she is turning it up to 12. Absolutely. Uh, so obnoxious and annoying, but very intentionally so. Um, the, the pimp, who's just credited as X, uh, is named uh, Coleman Domingo. He's, uh, he's very good. And he's he's going to be in uh, Candyman Candy coming Man. up. And the Nicholas Braun who plays Derek he's is the kid, fucking hilarious. The kid who glows in the dark from Sky High. He's I also hear that he was great on Succession on HBO. Oh, nice! But dude's fucking hilarious. Yeah, he's, he's he plays an he plays uh, Stephanie's boyfriend. He's an absolute dumbass. Um, and he and he's selling it so uh-huh. well. He's a source of a lot of the comedy. Yeah. Um, uh, Jason Mitchell shows up at a certain point, kind mm-hmm. of kind of plays like a like a wrench in the the whole thing. And. Yeah, so, like, they get involved in this prostitution ring, and Riley Keogh plays dumb, like, I had no, I didn't want to get you involved in this, but, but Derek lets slip later that, like, she has done this with like, other girls uh, other before. Other people before, like, and so, it's Zola just kind of observing this, like, world of, like, I don't know, depravity and shit, like, she kind of gets a peek into this other life as, as she's, we're, she's the, she is the POV character, like, we're literally being taken on this journey, like, with her, Yeah, and she's so we get, like, to, we get to see it all through her She's eyes. not very, like, a de- she's not a very developed character, because she's no. a voyeur Yeah, 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 we, we are supposed to live, like, through her, and we're only given the information we need for the story. Mm-hmm. Like, we see her a few scenes with her and her boyfriend in the beginning, but yeah. that's really all we get. Um... It does some unique things with structure when it flips, and it's like Stephanie's perspective from it. I it made the, me laugh the, the very opening hard. credits redo, but it's at Stephanie instead of at Zola. This movie is very culturally ingrained with the internet. Yes, um, it with as in like the title has an at symbol, the Twitter notification sounds. This feels like a movie for the moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like and. I guess it, it's a good thing that, that it's not cringy because every I'm so afraid every time a movie revolves around the internet yeah. I'm so afraid it's going to be so out of touch I, uh, but this one gets it big worry with the, with the Mitchells vs. Machines exactly coming out. that's exactly what I was two thinking two movies that, that utilize their their place in the internet culture very well mm-hmm. and yeah it, it has a unique flow it meanders sometimes a little bit it's, it's, it's a little plotting and I, and I think um, I think it honestly could have been a little weirder, 
Yeah. It's, 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 I don't know. Honestly, it, I would have liked to see it expanded a little bit. It's yeah, really short. Yeah, it's very short. I would have, I would have watched another 20, 30 minutes of it. Yeah, if they had, if they had paced it a little bit differently. Because yeah. it feels like they're kind of wasting time, which shouldn't happen in an 80 minute movie. No, but. Um, but, but I just, I appreciate what A24 does for sure, with these movies. For they sure. get these really weird, unique movies they made let, by people with actual visions. They, they let filmmakers make whatever the fuck they want. It's, it's really respectable. No, this, in terms of just like, like, like a really like, like, I, I don't I hesitate to call it like a crime thriller. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know. It's like, like you said, it's more vibe than movie. It's yeah. just kind of, you just kind of go on this journey and shit. Uh, yeah. And... And that kind of that kind of leaves not a lot to say about it because it's a it, a lot of the experience comes from watching it exactly and, and like it's, feeling it's, it's getting on the wavelength. It's more about the emotionality than the actual like plot and characters. It's about the feel, the the vibe, if you will. Right. Um, I I would say though, def- like if you're into A twenty four or if you're like been following the story at all, like definitely de- check definitely it out. Definitely check it Terrifically out. Terrifically acted. Everyone's really great in it. Very funny. Very, very funny. Disturbing sometimes. Um. Very like a lot of like cool like filmmaker. Oh, what's the director's name again? Um, it is uh, Bravo. I would. I'm uh, very excited to see what she does next. She does a lot of cool, unique stuff with this. There's that one where she, there's that one bit where she's trying on all the different outfits, mm-hmm. and it's like the four mirrors or whatever. And yes. like, like that, that, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, you know, she does. She does, they, her, does it a couple times where they go into like a black void, and it's just mirrors and Riley yeah. Keogh and her getting ready. For like the day, and yeah. I, I thought there were some very unique stylistic uh, touches here. Very interesting stuff. What do you want to give this one? I liked it a hair more than No Sudden Move, so I'll give it a seven point four. I'll live. I'll really give it point one high. I think I can get it to a seven and a half. I, yeah. I I really enjoyed this one. This one's really good. Check it out if you can. For sure, it's worth watching. Yeah. Um, if you're into weird A twenty four shit, definitely check it out. Absolutely. I think that's the show. Yeah, I, I think most all of these are at least decent. All, the all of these are, are at least decent, I would say. Uh, next week. Next week, you will be gone. I will be gone, hopefully for the last time th- this year. Um, this is my, my last vacation planned. I believe I have the the one, the only the, Harsh the, Jaswell. The honor, the, the privilege of hosting Harsh back on for Black Widow. Yeah, first Marvel movie in theater since 2019. Our first MCU, ep- oh, uh, the podcast's first MCU episode. Absolutely. Um, I'm I'm excited just to see a Marvel movie again. Honestly, it's yeah, been, it's been a while. Um, uh, tell the people where they can find us. Absolutely, you guys can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Cinema Shakedown, and you can follow me personally on Twitter and Letterboxd at Kyle Craigbaum. That's K R I E G H B A U M. And you can follow me on Twitter personally at the underscore Fatman99. You can also follow me on Letterboxd at my name, Jordan Dennis. Thank you guys always so much for listening. Uh, likes, shares, tell your friends. It's, it's always appreciated. Now get the fuck out of here. Bye. <laughs>